Good morning. I'd like you to open your Bibles today to Romans chapter 11 and we'll be reading from verses 1 through to 10. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too at the present time, There is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it is were, grace would no longer be grace. What then? What the people of the Israel sought earnestly, they did not obtain. The elect among them did, but the others were hardened, just as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see, and ears they could not hear to this very day. And David says, May their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. God did not reject his people. And ever since the dawn of time, God has been there for his people. He's been there for his creation. Before the fall, folks, before the fall, right, there was Adam and Eve. God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. When Job had nothing, God restored him to even greater portions than he had previous. God brought his people out of Egypt. He opened up the Red Sea for them. During their desert experience, he provided them with manna each day. When Israel was threatened by the enemy on many occasions, it was the Lord who won the battle for them. And when mankind had lost its way, God provided a saviour in the form of his son to atone for their sins. The objective being that God desires to spend eternity with us in his sin-free environment. Now, I don't know if you picked up, but this passage is about the remnant of Israel. And I want to begin talking about the remnant. And Elijah was feeling desperate about Israel's situation and based on his history with God and his understanding of how God supported his people through the centuries, Elijah appealed to God for help. Just like many of us has done on, I'm sure, many and varied occasions. And you know, it's okay to go to God for help. As you know, God... Excuse me, God is in the business of helping people. Have you noticed that? God is in the business of helping people. 
He helps them through physical battles. He helps people through emotional battles. He helps people through spiritual battles. And he helps individuals. He helps churches or church-related groups. He helps governments. God even helps nations. From Elijah's perspective, the situation in Israel was becoming extreme because all of the prophets had been killed, the altars were torn down, and his life was at stake, and he'd been earmarked by the assassin. Jezebel was wanting him dead. The people of Israel once again lost the plot and bowed down to Baal. And they were in danger of becoming a godless nation. Oh, thank you so much. (coughs) So they were in danger of becoming a godless nation. This kind of disloyalty, folks, breaks God's heart. He really doesn't like disloyalty. He likes people who are for him, but not fence-sitters, or not people that, that grab the blessing today and they're in the casino tomorrow. You know what I mean. The toing and froing, the inconsistencies in the relationship. God is after people who are strong believers and dedicated to Him in their relationship. And as Elijah conversed with God, he became the recipient, folks, of God's plan for the restoration of Israel. Can I say something political? I don't usually do this. Do you reckon Scott Morrison is God's plan for the restoration of Australia? Well, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? We don't know. Something to pray about. Are we not the great south land of the Holy Spirit? We must, irrespective of who's in power, we must continually... Pray for our nation and pray for our nation's leaders. As Elijah conversed with God, he became the recipient of God's plan for the restoration of Israel. A plan not orchestrated by works, but by grace. And the purpose to provide a remnant. God has always had provisions for a remnant. A remnant is a smaller number that have been left behind after the greater number have been lost. Yeah? The smaller number that have been left behind after the greater number have been lost. There are people who remain faithful. Sorry, these, the remnant, are the people who remain faithful to God no matter what. 
no matter what, they're the ones that hang in there. These are the people that go through the trials of life and with God, they come out stronger. Yeah. These are the people who don't give up when things look bad. These are the people who receive from God the blessings required to get through life and to push, sorry, and to fulfil both their mission and their ministry. These are the people who, thank you, Peter, push. A while ago, maybe months ago, Pete told us about push. Pray until something happens. Hey, that's cool. I like I like acronyms. Pray until something happens. These are the people who push. The people who pray until something happens. We all experience trials throughout our lives. But it comes down to your passion and your ability to stick with God before during and after the ordeal or the trial or the test. Those that stick with God become the remnant. The remnant. Others fall away and become lost. But let me say, not lost without opportunity because God gives everybody opportunity. Today the remnant is made up of different people. People like us who have accepted Christ and received salvation. We're the remnant. There was a remnant in Israel for sure. And even after the, uh, the Babylonian capture, a remnant was left. That's Old Testament stuff. And that's fine and that's cool. And it shows us the history of God with his people. But today, folks, we have become the remnant. We're the ones that have accepted Christ. We're the ones that have chosen God out of all of the other gods in this world. The remnant are a blessed people which comes out of their passion and their dedication to God and everything that God stands for. We must remain focused, folks, in our relationship with God and focused on our mission and focused on our ministry. And I'm not just talking about the mission and the ministry of Wattle City Church, but I'm talking about the individual missions and ministry that God has laid upon your hearts for your work. God had organised himself well with good planning and reserved for him a remnant spoken here in Romans of 7,000. There were 7,000 people who did not bow the knee to Baal. And God has a history of good planning, especially in regards to salvation and the redemption and the deliverance 
of his people. We've read the stories, haven't we? The remnant were not chosen by God because of social standings or ethnicity or anything that they had to do. They were chosen purely out of God's grace and not by works. And it's interesting that Paul has chosen to mention this because it is through God's grace that God desires that none should perish. But those who ignore God's grace leave themselves the only option of doing works to get to heaven. And folks, that option doesn't work. That option doesn't work. We can never be good enough or do anything to satisfy God with our own efforts. Case in point, Tower of Babel. This is where we see that some religions and cults have the idea of mixing grace and law together. It can't work. Seventh-day Adventist and others, Jehovah's Witness. So many Mormons. They're all mixing and trying to have a combination of grace and law. And it can't work. The law has been fulfilled by Christ. He took our sins. He took our punishment. The law's been fulfilled. We can't live that way anymore. The law is also representative of works because to see the law fulfilled both works and punishment are necessary. The law was fulfilled in Christ when he took our punishment. This now means that you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven by doing works. Oh, Auntie Flo is a really good lady. Surely she'll get to heaven. She's so generous. She offers cups of tea to strangers. No, I'm sorry. That is not the requirement. Just being a good person is not enough. We have to accept Christ and accept what Christ did for us on the cross. That is the only way we can receive our names into the Lamb's Book of Life. What people sought after, they did not achieve because of their disobedience, i.e. bowing down to foreign gods. And we see this all the time in society or in our society. We see people being opposed to God and following their chosen cult or their chosen sport or personal achievement or social notoriety or fame or, or financial security. And the list goes on and on and on. As a result, Israel was divided into two groups. Those who bowed to Baal and those who didn't. 
hard-hearted people do not receive God's blessing. And in verses 9 and 10, David even pronounced an expression of misfortune on them. Let's read verse 9 again. May their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Folks, don't reject God. Don't put other things before God, like sport, work, whatever. I don't know. Life. I want to challenge you today. Don't be a wishy-washy Christian. There's no place in the kingdom for people like that. Jesus is after people who are committed and wholehearted, people who support him, people who will go the extra mile for him. We need to see God in a proper perspective, folks. We must not forget the precious moments that we and God have shared together. Those answers to prayer, when you were so desperate, or those times when God pulled you out of a hole, or those times when even God himself went the extra mile for you. You and God are more than a partnership. You and God are even closer than a brother or sister. There are times when, like Elijah, we feel alone. Times when we could perhaps throw in the towel. But like the remnant, folks, we must rise up to the challenge that God has put before us. We must remain faithful and continue to put God first in our lives with worship, prayer, personal revelation. Shut out the enemy. Shut out the devil. Shut out worldly living and accept Christ even more fully and more completely than you ever have before. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Be the remnant. Be the remnant. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this passage that Paul has written, Lord, to the saints. This passage about the history of Israel. And I thank you, Lord, that we can make good application from that to our lives today. Help us, Lord, to rise up to the challenge and the challenges that you put before us. For Lord, we do nothing alone, but only with your help and your guidance, your direction. And Lord, what seems impossible to us is certainly possible to you. I pray, Lord, you will equip us with every good thing that we needed, Lord. You have already given us every spiritual blessing, as we read in Ephesians chapter 1. And we pray, Lord, that we can put all of those things to good work in our lives, that we can rise up, that we can be the remnant. We can be the ones that don't bow our knee to anyone else except you. We pray your blessing upon this word. May you add to it as the days go by. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.